Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This is a chance for local people or people with a local connection to sit down and talk about what is going on with them in the Fishers community. This is a part of my local Fishers Indiana News blog that began in January of 2012. I started these podcasts in 2016 and have been going ever since. Now, here's the latest edition of the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at the Ignite Space at the Hamilton East Library. It's located in downtown Fishers on the lower level. You can get a tour anytime the library is open. The staff would be glad to do that for you. One thing about Ignite is that it is filled with artistic material, and that is the subject of our podcast today. We have the executive director of the Fishers Arts Council, Les Reinhardt. So, Les, thank you very much uh, for taking time out of what I know is a busy day to, to talk with me today. I appreciate you asking, Larry. Thank you. And, uh, I just want to talk about that to start off with. You know, I've I've uh, been recording these podcasts on a fairly regular basis here at Ignite, and we use the studio, which is used for video and audio productions. But there's so much artistic material here. It's just really amazing, isn't it? It is. It is. And it's a shame that a lot of people don't know more about it. So when people come and interact with us, one of the first things out of my mouth is always, do you know about Ignite Studio? It's right across the street. You should really check it out. Uh, so that is something that we're always pushing to make sure people come over here because we don't have a home. We don't offer things regularly. But Ignite has just all of these amazing assets for everyone to use. And uh, I agree. I do the best I can, <laughs> as you can just tell. Uh, one thing about you, and I want to talk about you just for a moment. You were born in Indianapolis. Yes. Uh, but you lived in San Francisco for 15, or at least that area, in 15, for 15 years, as I understand, and then returned uh, to the Hoosier State. I need to ask you, this artistic part of you, was that uh, bred uh, through your Hoosier upbringing or California? <laughs> Actually, uh yeah, I would say it, it would be the fault of the Civic Theater. Well, what used to be the Civic Theater at the IMA. I still call things IMA and Deer Creek. So <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. But uh, yeah, I originally, my parents were performers in high school and met uh, acting in plays together. And so my sister and I started doing that growing up, went to Ball State, um, had that passion in me, but really started getting more into theatrical production. So I wasn't, while I was performing in high school and in the lower grades, in college I started working as support, and specifically stage management. So I got a degree in technical theater at Ball State, but then felt if I really wanted to immerse myself as much as I could, San Francisco Bay Area was the way to go. So met my dating him, but then became my husband. We moved to the San Francisco Bay, and I had an internship at the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. And from there, the connections just bloomed, and I really expanded more of what I appreciated in the arts. I worked for a ballet company for 13 years. I managed a Bach festival for a couple of years, and I did a lot of outdoor Shakespeare and other things. But once we had our son, after a couple of years, it got difficult, you know, wanting to see the grandparents. And a lot of people say, you're born a Hoosier, you're always in a back in Indiana. And so that's what we did. A story I've heard many times. <laughs> but uh, well, that is very interesting. You have a very, I should say, a, a very varied, if I can say it that way, a varied background in the arts, but a lot of it is in music and stage. I can say I was in one play in my entire life. That was my senior play in high school, 
long time ago, played a small part, was supposed to get laughs, didn't get any, so I quit. Oh, no! <laughs> I, it, was, it was interesting because it was a, a production of Tom Jones, which was a – how should I put it? Even our uh, a teacher, our drama teacher, was cutting lines out of it. Mm. <laughs> not something a high school normally does. Mm. And we just yelled and screamed, and she still cut it out. That's another <laughs> bad. The funniest scenes were never heard of it. Uh, I want to ask you about this because you are the executive director of Fisher's Arts Council, a very influential organization locally. But there's another group, and you also have ties to that, and that would be the Nickel Plate Arts Organization. You're two – separate nonprofits, but I would guess you work together and in tandem to try to support the arts. I get a lot of questions about what's the difference between the Fishers Arts Council and Nickel Plate Arts. I think you would be in a a very good position to explain that. Yeah, and I am actually the operations manager also at Nickel Plate Arts. Um, So yeah, they are different in the sense, and I know it's confusing because we have the Nickel Plate District here, and Nickel Plate Arts is in Noblesville. But Nickel Plate Arts is a regional organization focusing on the eastern half of Hamilton County, whereas Fishers Arts Council is focused on Fishers. So while we both you like interact with a lot of the same artists, everything the Fishers Arts Council does is specifically for the city of Fishers. Um, and Nickel Plate Arts, they work focusing on tourism. They have a lot of different arrangements with other organizations and other groups. Um, Whereas with Fishers, we're specifically providing services and activities. So Nickel Plate Arts has three art galleries here in Fishers at Fort A. Ray, Meyer Najum, and in the Hub and Spoke nonprofit wing of the building. Um, And Fishers Arts Council, we have the art gallery at City Hall. But with Fisher's Arts Council, we have other art fair events. We have our asset professional development series. So everything here is very Fisher's focused. And Nickel Plate Arts is wider spanning. And so a lot of their, they don't do events in Fisher's because we do events in Fisher's. And so that's kind of a, an arrangement that we have. But we are also partners with Nickel Plate Arts. So they, <laughs> I support myself. <laughs> but also Ailey Miguel, who is an incredible asset at Nickel Plate, she helps support us. And it works well for me because then I can take something I learn here in Fishers, take it over to my job at Nickel Plate and vice versa so that both groups are benefiting from having my brain in two areas. One entity that uh, both groups are involved with would be the Arts and Culture Commission that is, I think it's in its second year, if I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. It's been about two years or so. It's been in existence. The city created this. It is providing some funding for it. And uh, the commission has been handing out some grants as a result. It's not large, but they're certainly getting started. And it's it's in support of arts organizations uh, throughout uh, the Fishers community. And I would would just like to ask you a little bit about the Arts and Culture Commission and how it's impacted uh, your organization. Uh, It was definitely um, interesting when they started creating the group back in uh, 2019. And uh, getting their grant program off the ground has been helpful for us. Um, Nickel Plate Arts works with them more than we do uh, just because Ailey is involved with directly with the commission and their projects. And then she also heads up the creative council, which is a group that feeds information into the commission. Nickel Plate or Fisher's Arts Council is also a member of the creative council. Um, I think (laughs) so. Well, the creative council is, is I found that to be an interesting concept because uh, that just 
brings together all the different creative mm-hmm. people in the area. It doesn't matter what organization they do or don't belong to. I know that the Arts and Culture Commission is, is very concerned about making sure that Creative Council has input in some of the projects we'll talk about later that are planned for, for Fishers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so with the Arts and Culture Commission, it's it's making sure that that these events are happening, whereas the Arts Council does the actionable items. So one of the grants, we received one of the grants um, that they put out near a little bit earlier this year. And so we use that to fund musicians at public events and at our receptions uh, so that we can make sure that music is coming forward and not just focusing on 2D art. Well, I'm going to talk more about 2D art in a minute. Okay. but. Um, the city of Fishers is putting together a plan for a new city hall. Uh, the one that they have is sinking and falling apart, and, mm-hmm. and uh, not it's made of wood, not iron. There's a whole lot of steel. It's not made of steel as, as most buildings that size are. So, long story short, it has to be replaced. It's just sucking money out of the city budget every year. Uh, so, what uh, the city is now beginning to move toward, although the final decision has not been made, and I know that Tom Rich, the president of your board, is involved with the group planning this, that the current thinking is that there'll be a new city hall and somewhere in that complex will be an indoor arts center with a number of components as as a part of that. Um, I guess my question to you is, as you look at what you know about the plans at the moment, could that be a a game changer for a local arts group such as yours? Uh, We're really hopeful for that. Uh, Tom and I were reached out to uh, to give some of our thoughts and feedback on the building. We went ahead and surveyed our artist base and said, what are are your dreams? Because I I know the city went through their whole survey of the community, and then we went specifically to our artists to say, okay, now we've heard from what the community wants. What do you as an artist need? And so we took their feedback and presented it um, to the city to say, this is also what artists want. And so we're hoping, um, you know, with what the artists have said and what we've talked about, that we may have space in there again. Um, Obviously, we're going to lose our home when the building goes uh, demolished. (laughs) So that's something that we are working for for next year to find um, a new home to land in for a little while. And I know I was talking to some people uh, with the city and that right now there there are no plans uh, to – schedule anything at City Hall after February of next year. And that's really just to give the city flexibility as to what is going to happen. They haven't even uh, um, hired the engineers and and, uh, the technical staff yet. They've still got uh, an RFP out there. They're in the process of choosing who will be involved with the technical planning of this. And until you have that group together, nobody's sure. But it could happen as early as March next year. But we don't know whether it would be that early. But I know what your group has been told and we'll, we'll talk more about art in the city hall that don't plan anything after February of next year, which I'm sure is, sends a message to you. Yeah, and it's, you know, one of the things that we like to do is, um, I mean, Tom Tom curates our exhibits, our board president, and so he likes to have a whole year mapped out at once. And so it just makes things a little difficult to go, where, where can this be so that we can uphold our promises to the artists mm-hmm. and to make sure that we uphold what we part of our mission to present to the community is to make sure that they have art that they can access. Now, I don't go to City Hall every day, but I spend a decent amount of time there just as a reporter covering it. And and I love just walking around City Hall and seeing the different art objects that come in every month. And you, you rotate it every month. Mm-hmm. You have a reception every month for the artists. So talk about this program of art at City Hall. 
Uh, it has been around for about 10 years, maybe a little more. And I really enjoy it. I, I love the fact that um, we either have a themed exhibit where, uh, you know, variety of community members come together, which will be happening in December with the Emerging Artist Exhibit. Or we have a group represented right now, Calligraphy Guild of Indiana. We've got Watercolor Society of Indiana coming up. Um, or if we do a specific artist and just focus on that person. And so I love that we have this Friday. And it's the same thing we have with Nickel Plate Arts as well. We have uh, thematic exhibits every month in the Judge Stonehouse in Noblesville. And then we do a specific artist showcase in our Stevenson home. But I love that we can do that. And from my background, I love events. That's that's my that's in my blood. <laughs> that's what I do. And I enjoy supporting artists. So having these events every month, even though it's just a simple, simple setup, but to be able to showcase the artists on display, give them this time to share with the community and have the doors open so many people say, I don't know about this because not everyone goes to City Hall during business hours. And uh, I know that there's been an encouragement during the time of year that uh, we have the farmer's market mm -hmm. to encourage people to to go into City Hall, which is open during that time so they can see the yard. I guess there's some traffic as there's a result of that. quite a bit. Really? Uh, we we yeah. have a little clicker and we, okay. we clock it and we have the doors propped open. We've got some music playing. And yeah, we've been averaging anywhere from 20 to 40 people on a Saturday in two hours. And that's just really awesome because I know sometimes a Friday night is hard. Definitely business hours are difficult for families, but most people find time on a Saturday morning to come in. So, yeah. Well, you're, you're already there and you're already right. picking up some something at Farmer's Market. It's one of my favorite things to do is mm -hmm. to go to Farmer's Market. And it's going to be online now as from now on, but we won't get into all that yeah. now. I, I, I mentioned the art at City Hall because you'd mentioned it, but I want to go back for a moment to the plans for City Hall and the Arts Center there. I, I remember talking to City Councilman Todd Zimmerman, who was in charge of this group that uh, Tom Rich is mm -hmm. a part of. And, and he said he was very glad that the group decided to do a survey. <clears throat> it wasn't a scientific survey, like, but it was a su survey where people in the community were in, in, invited to give their views. And one of the results that surprised him, how many people in Fishers want art classes Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily the what you would call the artist community, it's just citizens, regular people who were not necessarily a part of the Creative Council, the Arts Council necessarily, but just people in town. I'd love to have the availability or the possibility of having art classes. Did that surprise you? You know, honestly, no, because so many people have come to us and they're saying, you know, I do. Is there any? Uh, several people they message us through social media. They ask us in person, "Are there any art classes up here?" You know, I I love driving down to Broad Ripple or you know going down to the art center downtown in Indy, but I'd love to have something right here, so it'd be a lot closer. And there is, uh, you know, there's my art, which is um, near 116th and Olio, mm -hmm. near the Kroger. Um, but yeah, if you've got to drive all the way to downtown Indy for an art class, wouldn't it be so much more convenient to drive 10 minutes um, to have that? And like I said before, since we don't have a home, you know, we are the Art Gallery City Hall, but being a mostly volunteer organization for as long as we've been around, we only get to offer classes when we have events. Um, so yeah, it's not surprising to me at all. So you're hoping you might have a home in the new complex? I I'm hopeful. Um, we've also, with the feedback we've gotten, you know, we have connections now for a variety of artists who can teach and do an excellent job at it that we'd love to manage that. 
So <laughs> Excellent. Well, one thing your organization does also, and I'm checking around, is that you have a lecture series. Mm-hmm. There are a few lectures every year. Talk about that program. So that is our asset uh, professional development series. It stands for Artist Skill Set Experience Talks. So that was the the name we gave it. And it was based on, uh, we had done some surveys back in 2019 asking artists and the community in general, what do you need? And this is once again the same thing. You could go to downtown Indy and get some of these services, but wouldn't it be great if I could just be here in Fishers and get the information I need here? So every year we take more feedback for the people who attend. And so we uh, offer, it's a free lecture series and it's actually funded now by Nickel Plate Arts. So they help fund our speakers and Hub and Spoke generously provided the space for us. And I provide all the AV and tech because we broadcast it as well. But we do uh, lectures in marketing and social media, branding. Um, and we also do stuff that try to be as open to everyone. So not staying entirely 2D focused. Um, and really anyone could apply a lot of the lessons that are offered. Uh, the one we have coming up on October the 28th is called Hoosier Success Stories Be Inspired. And so we have Thomas Neeland, who is the uh, executive director of the Neeland Center for Poetry here in Fishers. And we have Shante Lewis, who is an entrepreneur and local Fishers artist. And so they're sharing their stories with us. This one is our, our big uplifting, get inspired and go get them lecture. So... One thing that an organization such as yours needs to stay vital and, and to keep going uh, is a dedicated group of volunteers. Mm-hmm. And I was looking, you've got quite a number of volunteers. I was just looking on your website, and lo and behold, I saw John and Craig Cinnamon, uh, John and Ann yeah. Craig Cinnamon, mm-hmm. uh, are helping out with some of your uh, social media and your uh, uh, um, public relations, media relations, whatever you'd like to say. And by the way, the two of them did a documentary on the Trans-Siberian High, uh, Trans-Siberian Railroad. I did a podcast with them on that. Uh, it was pu- uh, published, but it was shown on Channel 20 here, and now is being distributed nationwide mm-hmm. on PBS. So they should be proud of that. It was an excellent uh, uh, production, and I would recommend anybody see it. Uh, set your DVR sometime, you can probably <laughs> find it. But uh, that's just one example of people that I know that are volunteering for you. But talk about your entire stable of volunteers at the Fishers Arts Council. We have, I mean, we, yes, we could not be where we are if it weren't for our volunteers. And a lot of them, we've had several students from from HSE just come forward and also volunteer. And so with the student comes the parent. And we've had some amazing kids come out uh, that helped with Art on the Prairie and helping with our gallery events. Um, when we were open on Saturdays, we had a, a high school student named Maggie who came out and did a fantastic job working for us. Um, gosh, Tina and Susan and Virginia and Bill, they're all just amazing people. And sometimes they'll come and they'll they'll share an idea with us. Like uh, Bill's got a great idea for a poetry project um, working with an assisted living center. And so he's willing to help us go on that. Uh, Tina and Susan have been my amazing people at Art on the Prairie and Harvest Fest. And it's, uh, we just, we couldn't be where we are without them. And Virginia popping in on every event. So it's been amazing. They aren't even on our website yet. They're oh, all really? brand new volunteers mm-hmm. and they've just, they've really made things amazing this year. 
Yeah, I'm, uh, when it comes to volunteering, I think that they all need to be recognized for all Indeed. these different nonprofits, government agencies, lots of people do the, their volunteer work. And, and you also have a very interesting board of directors. I mean, they, the board of directors at a nonprofit does – how should I put it? Stake out the direction of the organization. We talked about Tom Rich, who is uh, president of your board. Talk about some of your other board members. Uh, so we are a working board as well. Um, I only became executive director in January. So before that, I was the treasurer for several years on the board. Uh, so Laura Villani is our uh, board VP and treasurer this year. And she is an artist of many different mediums. Um, she says she knows just enough to be dangerous, <laughs> but but uh, she's she's really a, a fantastic person and a great volunteer as well. She's a calligrapher, and she's actually part of the Calligraphy Guild of Indiana, so some of her work's on display right now. Um, but she has been amazing. Um, we're, Tom's been grooming her to move into the president position for next year. Uh, we have Pat Grable, who is a, um, a retired teacher from um, MSDLT. And she has been manning our juried exhibit for the past two years. And she's she's a fantastic teacher. She's also a watercolor artist. Um, and then we have some people who are who are not artists but love to support. Jill Lehman of High Frequency Arts is on our board. Uh, Mike Patrick is on our board. He has been working with sales. Olivia Holt is a mixed media artist, and she actually created the Asset Program. And so she helps moderate and run that program. Um, Madeline uh, Romeo is our board secretary, and she is just a great – she's like me. We're not artists, but we love to support and help make things happen, um, and I feel – and then there's Thomas Neeland as well. He is on our board, and so he's he's been new this year and working with us and helping support different events, and I feel like I've hit everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you miss somebody, they'll tell you. I know, and I, and I a, apologize that's a, that's in a, That's a danger when you start name causing. But it's okay. You, I think you've hit everyone. Okay. Uh, one thing that any nonprofit, no matter what you're doing, relies on, of course, is fundraising. So explain how your arts council goes about raising funds for the work that you do. So a lot of the work we have done has been with grants. Um, I have never been a grant writer. And actually, one of the volunteers on the website is my mom. <laughs> so that's that's Pam on there. And my mom uh, was an ER nurse for a number of years. She's recently retired. And so she helped me get going on writing grants for us. Um, and it's always my person to kind of double check my writing, help me bounce ideas off of. So my mom has been really amazing with that. Um, but I write grants to the Indiana Arts Commission, uh, which is also that's with the NEA. And we've been funded for our year end events two three years in a row i think we got yeah funding for 1920 and now for 21 uh i've written grants to the penrod society we got funded this year for that and so that's going to help with our year-end events buying the art supplies paying for artists to be present and demonstrate their art and talk with the public um and then there's been a number of grants through through mostly the iac and the hamilton county community foundation we also received a grant from them for some programming that we have for next year. So, yeah. so you're, you're mostly getting uh, grants from foundations and other sources, but do you do any fundraising within uh, Fishers as, as it stands now? So we have a membership, like a supporting member program for the Arts Council. So that starts um, as small as 25 and can go as large as you want. We actually have an amazing uh person who joined as a member and she funded us very generously this year. Um, 
and we have created a scholarship in her daughter's name uh, that's part of our April exhibit, which we showcase the work of the high school seniors at Hamilton Southeastern and Fishers High School. Um, and we do our own, like Facebook fundraising. We have um, different, you know, Amazon. If anyone uses Amazon Smile, you can search for Fishers Arts Council on there. Uh, we receive funding that way. And we also reach out to local businesses to see if they'd like to sponsor events. So Star Financial Bank is our sponsor for our Senior Showcase that I've just mentioned for April. And Jiffy Lube of Indiana, along with Corey Drudge of Ruoff Mortgage, they sponsor our juried exhibit of Hamilton County artists as well. Um, but as far as our other fundraising we do is when we hold an event, we will charge a fee. And then the artists pay that fee but like an art fair, and that helps raise money for us. You know, one thing that the city has always, I'd say always, but certainly in recent years has encouraged the, is a nonprofit participation in the Shop Fishers promotions. Mm-hmm. It used to just be once or twice a year. Now they do, they do it more often. And how do you uh, participate in that uh, city promotion? So with that, we have been holding our what we call year-end events, and that includes Small Business Saturday and then the following Saturday where Fishers has their tree lighting. And with that, we invite artists to set up shop and demonstrate their art and sell their art and sell their wares at City Hall in the art gallery. We don't benefit anything from that unless someone wants to sign up for a membership or donate to us while they're there. Um, This is more about supporting the artists and bringing the art to the community on those two events. But we do offer um, a discount through the program. We haven't had anyone buy anything from it. Because we do sell the art at City Hall, and the small portion does come back to the Arts Council for any artwork that is sold. Yes, I've noticed the artwork all all have a price on it. (laughs) Unless it's not for sale. And sometimes it is not for sale. Mm -hmm. Many are, though. So Mm -hmm. if you want to uh, pick up a piece of art, that's always a possibility if you want to browse City Hall. Go ahead. You know, sometimes it's only up there for a month. And if you really like it, you need to buy it so it can be in your home year-round. That is a real sales pitch. (laughs) I admire you for that. That's a good one. And it's true. I mean, if you see something you like and you let it sit there, somebody else could grab it up. That's always a possibility. I mean, that's me. I have so much art from local artists in my home. Ever since I joined the Arts Council, it's been kind of a problem because I see it. And I go, you know what? I have to have it. Uh, so, so you're running out of space is what you're saying. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I've got a little bit more wall space left, but I do have three paintings I need to hang. So, yeah. <laughs> if somebody listening has an interest in the arts and that person happens to live in Fishers, uh, could they get involved with your council? Yes, of course. Um, we are getting ready for recruitment. Uh, the board board membership is a three-year commitment, we ask. Um, and Like I said, it is a working board. We meet once a month, but everyone has something that they can own and be proud of an individual project. Um, Though we also do have volunteers all the time. Uh, Volunteers, it's obviously a little bit less stress. You can come to the board meetings if you like, but we we cater to what's your strength? What do you want to do? Then let's get you in there and do it. But yes, always, always looking for volunteers and board members if they're interested. Now is the time. You mentioned hub and spoke. That is really some kind of facility. I've mm-hmm. only been in there a couple of times since it was finished, but I remember talking to the two gentlemen who had the idea for it, and it. when I looked at it, I think it surpassed even what they thought they could do. 
Yes, that it is a very unique space, and I, I do enjoy, you know, the opportunity to hang art in there with nickel plate arts, but then to also have our lecture series in there as well with kind of the built-in stadium seating in a way. Uh, so yeah, it is a very unique space, and uh, Maker Playground is there with Fisher's Parks. Well, I've tried to ask what I could think to ask. Is there anything uh, you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Uh, you know, I just want more people to be aware that the art gallery is there. Obviously, we're we're guaranteed to be there till the end of February. Uh, we do have our receptions. We focus on second Fridays because first Fridays belong to Nickel Plate. And so we're there on second Fridays from six to eight. It's free. It's open to the public. It, there's no need to worry about anything. Just walk in the doors and be accepted and enjoy the art, enjoy the music and and hang out with us. I've been to a couple of the receptions. They are nice, low-key, but very nice events. And there's music, and there's a, always a refreshment or mm-hmm. two, and lots of people to talk to if you're interested in art. Les Reinhardt is the executive director of the Fishers Arts Council. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Larry. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you like the podcast, please let others know. You can find it on most platforms where you go for podcasts. Just search using this phrase, Podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. Also, if you listen on a platform such as iTunes, please take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. So thanks for listening, and please be safe and be kind. Music